1: Welcome back to the FlowTrack Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by a hooded Lincoln
0: Shrike. Lincoln, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning. I'm just uh, trying to capture the mood of this entire season of life right now, so I stay with the hood on. You're going to recede
1: farther and farther into that hood as we get more and more used to this work-from-home setup. Yeah, right. two pictures near you today. Actually, I guess one and one eighth picture. We can barely see the other one there, but there we go. Good, good promotion. I want to yep. plug the art at the beginning of the show. There, uh, yeah. Flowtrack, flowtrackpodcast at is the email address. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts as well. Alinka, did you listen to yesterday's show with Gordon? A and little
0: bit, a little, a little bit. Okay. Yeah. You guys. Just to me, I, took-
1: I know you plowed through Tiger King twice already. Yep. So I just I wanted yep. to give you the floor if you wanted to to get out any Tiger King thoughts.
0: Well, I I did enjoy you guys referencing a a a meat official as being Carol Carol Baskin. Maybe it would be a a meat official that was also taking bribes on the side, um, depending on where you view Baskin as far as her guilt of potentially having or killing her ex-husband. I won't provide any guesses there myself. I did enjoy that. Um, no, I haven't listened to the entirety of the thing. I'm curious where you guys came down on the, the sketchiness of of Jeff Lowe, the uh, <laughs> the uh, bandana-wearing con man slash swinger slash creepy man guy who kind of it ends up being the ultimate downfall of, of Joe Exotic. So I need to, to check in and, and check to see where some of the, the really the tertiary characters. There's also the guy that's uh, that ends up with the, the famous scene uh, with the jet ski. I don't know if you went all the way down to the nitty gritty <laughs> details if, if you got all those characters. But that guy just getting his—he was a—he was a sketchy fellow himself. But that guy getting his own eye of the tiger scene just on a jet ski, uh, he comes out looking pretty good, even if, if if all of his career dealings are not that good. He gets that scene, and that, that he can live for 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 a while off that.
1: We did not get to the jet ski guy, but we did get to to Jeff Low. So okay. when you you get to that part of the podcast, I liked my Jeff Low. Comparison. I thought my Jeff Lowe comp was pretty accurate. What's your – we will talk track and field on this show. But first, um, what's your strongest, your boldest, your hottest Tiger King take?
0: Well, I I, I think – I don't know if it's hot, but I think Joe Exotic was set up by Jeff Lowe. That's that's what I think. That's not think hot to enough.
1: Hotter. It. I want something hotter. Mm-hmm. I, that's probably conventional wisdom at this point. Yeah. Turn it up a
0: couple notches here. Hot take. I mean, I think we're all jealous of Carol and Howard's wedding photos. I mean, who does not want to be held on a leash in a Tarzan tiger costume? <laughs> those are going to, those may seem incredibly tacky right now, but I think we're going to see in a while, those are going to be really, really in vogue soon enough. So now I I, I don't know what my, uh, I mean, the, the woman, Saf, who comes back, Five days after after getting her arm, uh, uh, getting her arm bitten <laughs> off. I mean, even in these uncertain economic times, I think anyone should be looking to hire her for any potential role. Talk about loyalty. Um, also, has there ever been a better argument for? I know, I know, this is my stance here, but has there been, ever been a better argument for veganism than when they opened a pizza shop and were maybe or maybe not using the same old meat. <laughs> to, to bake the pizzas that they were feeding the tigers. I mean, mm. who that, among that us just... hasn't gone
1: to the Walmart meat <laughs> truck, Lincoln? Who among <laughs> us? Ah, uh, yeah. Score one for your team on this one. Yeah. I did get closer to that side. Now, this has also coincided with you and I not doing any traveling together, and usually those mm. trips push me farther in the other direction because I see <laughs> what you eat on a daily basis and <laughs> what that entails, and I'm like, no not going there not going there uh i think the worst guy i think the worst character this is this is my hottest take Uh, the worst character is uh what's his name the south carolina guy oh doc Antle.
0: oh come on
1: yeah i think he's morally morally
0: i think he's the worst and that would be because of his harem that he's built in Myrtle Beach or what, what is exactly that? What exactly do you, where do you.
1: Yeah. Get that I mean, he's from? full on, he's full on into the cult thing, right? It, yeah. uh, mistreatment and mistreating of employees, which Joe exotic does as well too. Uh, yeah. I mean, they definitely talk a lot about how he was euthanizing mm-hmm. different animals. Right. And, and probably going so far as to getting rid of the ones that are no longer profitable uh, for him. And also, I just, I feel like we haven't dug enough into him. And once you do, I think, I mean, that's just at the surface. That's the stuff he's willing to admit. Now, when he rolls in there on the top of an elephant, does it make me laugh? Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Or the chimpanzee's birthday party. Uh, Yeah, with that, I would counter with Joe Exotic probably. Now, I don't really give a crap. I mean. Animals don't deserve to be killed, but I don't really give a crap about alligators or crocodiles. They suck. But I would counter with Joe Exotic having some unflattering footage in his possession and then basically burning down the entire facility, alligators and all, just to get rid of said footage. Also, here's one thing I'm confused of. So they have all this footage that I assume was provided by the smoking producer dude because, like, where did they get all this reality show footage unless – is it all yes, yeah. is it all well, material from from them showing up to make the documentary because the guy says oh there goes my retirement they burnt up all my footage and i didn't have it backed up but then there's all this footage from the time that it would be like well that's the footage right i don't understand didn't didn't the guy say all the footage went away when they burnt down the studio with the alligators but it seems like they still have that footage i'm he, confused by that
1: yeah he did he did say that i think he still obviously had some there was those shots yeah. of him directing the music videos yeah. i think got put online cool, so you right. had those and also yeah. remember they said jeff Lowe was filming everything jeff Man. Lowe was filming everything for what what purpose we don't know because there was all those scenes towards the end where they were yelling at each other and he had it mm-hmm. all on and he had it all on tape um yeah i think he may have had a second stash of footage but i mean they certainly didn't they say they basically shot everything all the time Right, twenty four seven on that on that property. Right. So
0: that's kind of what I do. I yeah. have a cameras going at all times, you know, at my house, just to also, make sure.
1: Yeah. Also, <laughs> as as a believer in Carol Baskin, I feel like she gets uh, she laughs uh, when she's nervous, or she laughs when yeah. she doesn't really know what to say, and I think that makes her look uh, disconnected from the seriousness of what she's talking about. Uh, thus, thus, people's. Uh, ability to see her in, in a more negative light than they ordinarily would that's my psychoanalysis of carol
0: yeah i would say the laughter is born out of the fact that she's a terrifying killer and therefore i would challenge <laughs> you to spend a night at her tampa compound and i think you'd end up looking <laughs> like a rabbit you'd end up looking <laughs> like those rabbits and then she'd be she'd be like that picture is confused. Yes, we have a Kevin Sully who is decapitated, but that picture is is clearly lacking context.
1: I I feel like uh, she was dragged through the mud, and I did not appreciate the Carol slander. No, uh, no, that was
0: Dawn who was dragged through the mud. You're getting that confused. I'm sorry, <laughs> Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got, I got, I got the rundown
1: here on the phone. So okay. we check off the Joe okay. Exotic box. Done. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss NCAA eligibility, Lincoln.
0: Yep. Okay. Spring. Spring athletes get another season. NCAA says, there you go. There's your gift, and schools now you get to figure out how to have five classes of athletes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a no-brainer to me. They weren't allowed to compete in. The spring yeah. because of a global pandemic that seems like you should want to carve in an exception winter though no winter and i know a lot of people are saying well the season was done and a lot of these basketball teams got done playing but isn't the whole point of sports the postseason isn't that the whole idea of this thing um sure i just feel terrible i feel terribly for those athletes in track or otherwise who put in all the work to have the moment on the big stage and didn't get that chance. And I know they're saying, "Well, oh, it'd be confusing. And da-da-da-da. we've solved bigger problems as a country, there has to be a way to come up with a solution here to let those athletes have that season back. It's great that they're doing spring. But if somebody only had indoor left, in the track perspective, that was it. That was it. Yeah, career over.
0: Yeah. It's just I think it's that much more money to figure out scholarships. Obviously with winter, it's not just to look at it from a track and field perspective. it's so much easier because you know there's two sports split into the one sport basically with indoor and outdoor track, but you know you're talking about basketball, you're going to give all those guys more when more uh, eligibility when there's a lot more scholarship. Things to be considered, and tons of other sports, and and yeah, I, of course, it was all about the championships. But I, I do understand it from that perspective that they they just have to cut it off at some some point. Um, it's a bummer, not just for track and field athletes, but but all NCAA athletes. That's all their career end right at the finish line there. But I, I guess I I understand it. It just gets complicated when you're going to be welcoming in a freshman class and basically you're going to have two freshman classes, uh, because you know, this year's freshmen of spring sports didn't get a season. So they're, they're going to be yeah. the same as the last year's class. It's just complicated. And, uh, there's going to be a lot to still sort out and it would have been doubly. So if the winter sports, so I, I get it and it's, it's a tough pill to swallow. Um, but for track athletes beyond those that had just indoor eligibility, <clears throat> um, it's, you know, I, I don't know. I don't really know what else to say there, other than they they get outdoors and that's that's better than a lot of people are going to get. So you kind of take your losses and you 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 move on. And if you are athlete that either just has spring left or you you only had indoor left and now you have nothing left, you know you it's, it's uh it's time to move on for for a lot of people and. I don't know. I'm I'm not in that situation, so I guess I can't fully grasp it like what it would be like just to 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 not get the the winter season back when yeah. you're on the verge of a championship. So I I there is some sympathy there, but I understand the the, the decision that the NCAA made basically. And I I don't think it would have been possible to add the the winter season with all the money that needs to be moved around and it just would have been too complicated. I just yeah, I
1: with these universities um a lot of them, not all of them. A lot of them have extremely large endowments, and the amount yeah. of athletes who are in this situation. Um, I mean, I don't know if you just extend it to the ones who made it all the way to the championships and say, "Okay, you didn't get the chance to compete at the championships." I just, I, I think when it comes down to it, yes, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a headache, but we're not looking at that large of a number on the grand scale, on the grand scheme of things, to try to figure out to make work and. Part of this, to me, as as a fan of the sport, I, I want I want to see next year's indoor championships answer some of the questions from this year's indoor championships. Clearly, that's not going right. to happen. That's wishful right. thinking. But in the back of my mind, I wanted to to get that back. And then you think of things like, I mean, imagine if this was cross country, right? Like a true team sport, and they and mm-hmm. they lost the and they lost the championship part of the season, right? I mean, then I think that's more analogous to what you have with basketball, where you have. You know, maybe you have, you have this once in a lifetime group that's come together. You've had a great season and all that's left is this last, this final step and you can't do it and you can't get it back through no fault of your own. It's just, that's just incredibly, um, that's incredibly tough to uh, to deal with and all the planning and foresight that went, went into that. You'd like to see it work. And I mean, it's not like schools haven't figured out six years and 50 years and medical red shirts and Olympic red shirts and, religious exemptions and all these other things before this would be on a mm-hmm. much 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 grander scale I, I i understand that but there's nothing sacred about four years or five years even right i mean there's just yeah. there's nothing no, 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 nothing particularly special about it so yeah glad that they got spring i think that's obviously would have been a no-brainer if they didn't do that i don't really know i wouldn't know what we're doing here if that was the case but yeah, i liked would like to not- see them get winter as well I mean, what would and have I been think- the cutoff point? Like midway through winter. Like if, if, if the season ended, if the season ended before um, March, would that mm-hmm. have been enough? Like, what, would there have ever been a cutoff? Uh,
0: I assume it would have been a lot sturdier of an argument if it hadn't have come down to just basically the championship portion. I mean, the majority of athletes in the NCAA, I have to think, were done with their winter season. Cause most people don't qualify for NCAA championships and most people aren't playing in the NCAA tournament uh, yeah. or at least more than more than much more than are. So I think they would say, well, every almost, not almost everyone, but a big chunk of the, of the athletes were done. Are we going to give them an entire another season, even though they literally were done with their, their, their championship, or they were done with their winter season. That doesn't make a lot of sense. And of course it sucks for the athletes who built their entire year on Peeking at the at the I don't know the NCAA tournament or the NCAA championships, um, in reality, it's yeah. going to be m- much bigger headache, and and the the biggest chunk of the percentage we're already done with their seasons anyway, and so let's just try to salvage spring. Obviously, it would not have made sense to cut to cut spring. So my my I guess my confusion, what I want to see happen is it's the Division One committee that's making this decision. I assume there's a division two and division three uh, committee. Is this trickling down to division two? Cause originally when this report came out, it seemed pretty clear or it seemed like it was going to be all NCAA divisions. And, and then, then it was just the division one committee. So is this something that, Oh, okay. Division two and division three are just going to adopt it because it's, mm-hmm. it gets a little bit more complicated because there's less money, obviously going around in division two and division three and division three. I don't think they have athletic scholarships. So that's where I'm confused. Is this just D one? Um, and I know that's the level that most people pay attention to as uh, on a, on a fan level, but, but still that effect is going to affect on a lot of athletes. So, uh, I'm just curious how the rest of that sorts out for those other two divisions.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree, and then you're talking, and then when you're getting into non-scholarship uh, situations too, right? How does it impact
0: non-scholarship
1: mm-hmm. athletes? Be that Ivy Leagues or be that uh, some of the smaller divisions, or just you know, um, trickle- that tr- trickles all the way down, right? So, um, right. Yeah, I've talked to a few college coaches, and I'll have hopefully a-, a piece out this week more about that. But it's uh, it's yeah, it's a huge, huge thing to to sort out. And I think, I mean, now it's it's pretty much. I mean, with each passing day, it's getting closer and closer to like there's not even going to be any summer track, right? So then it's like, well, it's so it's it's, yeah, it's like, oh well, yeah, but you got to get in shape and then use your fitness and run that meet in in June or or (laughs) early July, and that's becoming farther and farther from the truth. So I mean, they really had no no competitive opportunities um right until the fall like that's what it's looking like and the, co- the college coaches that i have talked to um one in particular is basic i mean they all were hesitant about saying yeah we jump in some races it's, it's more like well we'll see where the athletes are at but a lot of them are like well when it gets gets to a certain point it's like let's just get ready for cross country let's just yeah. get ready for cross country hope that we have that that, that all set and then go from there so
0: i uh, yeah totally agree yeah there's not for college athletes i'm i'm curious on the you know just on the very small world of division one track and field and the tippy top level of elite seniors who are going to be deciding to turn professional or come back you know you wonder will tyler day will danny jones will joe clecker devin dixon those type of athletes are they gonna come back an entire other year to to compete just in an outdoor season are they gonna call it i assume it'll be split some will Look at it as Mm -hmm. the 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 money's not going to be there because there's no track and field basically in 2020. So I'll come back. Uh, Will athletes just say no? I'm going to go pro even if I don't have a contract. I I keep asking this question and looking for an answer, and I don't think anyone has has an answer. uh, Which is understandable, right? But I have the answer. What's the answer? Uh,
1: Well, I think we when we were asking that question before, when you were asking that question before, that was still when the Olympics were maybe going to happen. Yeah, I think the fact right. I think the fact that the Olympics are off the table leads us much more in the direction of they're just going to come back. They're going to come back if they have the opportunity and they're going to rerun. They're going to 2021 is going to be the old 2020, right? Just Mm. like orange is, orange is the new black pink is the new orange, whatever it is. They're just going to bring that and they're going to replicate that pattern and go from there. And, and we saw with the decision of when the Olympics are, it's pretty much the same as it was in 2020. I'm guessing the trials are going to be pretty much the same as they were going to be in 2020. NCAAs is going to be that. So why not just – all your all the athletes you mentioned are very successful, right? And they were yeah. on their way to having a great spring season. season- so with where the economy is headed, and I know people like the this podcast for my economic forecast uh, – I think it's fair to say that you could probably get more money next year than you could this year. Right.
0: I, I, I would say so. I think right now you, all, all you can get guaranteed right now is a Snickers bar and maybe a face mask. Well, maybe not even that. So right now there's not, probably not going to be a whole, whole lot there. The I question mean, is, everything... the question,
1: the question is, do, do these athletes ha- want to come back for more school? Right. Cause to compete yeah. in the NCAA, they'd need to be in school, but it, uh, Maybe they do a grad program. Maybe they do something um, to to, to yeah. extend it a little bit. But from a competitive perspective and from a track perspective, I think the fact that the Olympics aren't there makes the decision a lot easier.
0: Right, it's a financial decision more than just uh, do I really want to take another another course and and or or take on more course load? Because I mean, I know when I was a senior in college, I didn't want to take anything else after that i was so ready to graduate but when you're talking about you're also going to be basically you know a job applicant in the sense of as a a pro candidate you know you can't just you don't want to quit now and say i'm going to be relying on my 2020 indoor results to get a contract in 2021 that's not my best decision so um yeah, I, I can agree. I can agree with you. You you kind of say I'm going to come back and you sort out the complicated details of school and what that looks like, and uh, you you do that later. And maybe some athletes will transfer, uh, will just to to get into a different grad program than they would have had otherwise. And so, yeah, I I agree with I agree with your take, and I and I think that's what the landscape's going to start to look like. God dang! My wife has the heat on yeah. here, It's so stinking hot. I don't have a shirt on under this hoodie, so I'm just like boiling here, and I can't, I can't, do you want to, I can't take anything. Do
1: you, do you want it to? Do you want to take a break and turn down the heat? I can vamp. No, for, I'll, for survive. I'll, okay. I'll survive.
0: I'll, I'll survive. I'll
1: survive. I'm a podcast professional, so I could keep going. I'm just- um, I want to talk about Iliad Kipchoge's <laughs> GQ moment, and I didn't have, I haven't read the article yet. I, sh- I just saw the photos, and that, that was enough there. Um, yeah. I'm wondering super producer Alon, is it possible? I I'm emailing you, uh, an article. Is it possible to put the article up and then like scroll through it so we can comment on the photos? I don't know if that's possible with our technology. Yep, um, oh, awesome. So we're going to get that going. Uh, I, I also sent along like one Instagram shot of just one photo, but that's mm-hmm. not doing it justice, Lincoln. We need to see all well, the photos. Your- and-
0: yeah. I mean, I know we're not – and first of all, a lot of people are going to be listening to this just audio, so we'll have to really do our best to describe things as we see it. But just um, the photos in general, a lot of people loving the feet kicked up, look like he's, I don't know, Tony Montana. Like what's what's your favorite photo so far?
1: Oh, my favorite photo is when he's in like a Nike sweatsuit and he has sunglasses
0: and then over that is some sort of robe. So GQ does this thing and a lot of fashion magazines do obviously where they, the point of it obviously is to show clothes and so they and they list the prices. That robe that he's wearing in that photo, which is like, you know, multicolored and and patterned and just looks really comfy. That's a $2,000 robe that, <laughs> that Elliot Kipchoge is wearing along with his tracksuit. I assume his thing agreeing to this was like, yeah, okay, but I'm also going to wear my Nike gear because I want to show off my brand. But like that look, that is a whole mood that I need to get after. Those sunglasses, just wearing your your athle- athleisure wear and then throwing on a twenty three hundred dollar robe, that is okay. Here we go. We're getting up some views yeah. here. So we got Ifchoge in his in his schoolboy best here, where he's got long Nike socks, but also a I don't know what color is that from my view. It's like a very very light brown blazer with some with some school shorts
1: yeah there we go to an nba game like like he's yeah. uh he's got the formal he's got the formal jacket there's the pop-up there for 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 gq mm-hmm. uh he's got the formal <laughs> jacket but he also has he's got the shorts on underneath yeah. too so you could you could see an nba player wearing this uh going in yeah. okay awesome so alon's just gonna he's gonna scroll through here so we can here look we at these and and you know if you're just listening and you're not and you're not watching, you'll be able to, you know, you can scroll along with us. So we'll keep going until we see the next photo here. Um, and this one, the hat here, the beanie, uh, how would you describe this one,
0: Lincoln? Well, it looks like he, I mean, I could be wrong, but it looks like he could be in a, like a traditional, I don't know if it's Kenyan or, or, you know, East African wear, but he, Mm -hmm. yeah, he's got a hat, which is kind of baggy on top and just covers the top of his skull, mixed in with a very, very colorful, uh, what am I, what am I looking Vest over the top yep. of a very, very colorful kind of, uh, I don't know, just a garment. It, it, it looks like something you'd wear to something traditional in, in yeah. either Ken, Kenyan or East African culture. So.
1: And not really very nice. smiling, not really smiling no. in, in- in these photos which is funny because when he's running he has a smile but then when he does the photo shoot he doesn't yeah. kind of goes the opposite way from what you think um let's keep going what do you what do you think the um uh there's one him just staring off in the distance with the unbuttoned mm-hmm. top button looking very very pensive very suave here what do you think the yeah. how long do you think it took kipchoge to say yes to a gq photo shoot in kenya
0: well He's such an easygoing guy, but I, you know, he's way more in in control than you would think for somebody who's so wholly dedicated to to his craft of of running. You know, he's how long do I think it took him to say yes? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure it, it was two months worth of of correspondence. Oh, wow. What do you think?
1: I was to say over under one hour fifty nine minutes and forty seconds.
0: Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying it's he's a busy man. There's a passage in there that you kind of highlighted where he's talking about how he's coming back to his training, cramp, training camp to kind of walk the grounds and make sure everything's still in order. He's very focused on his running, obviously. Yeah. That's what he's known for and what it led him to run 159.40. So uh, I I don't think he wants anything that's going to seriously interrupt that too much, so I'm sure it took a little bit to – and this article was – or this – the reporting on this was done before christmas and now it's coming out in mm. in late march so i mean this took a while just to to come together i don't know if there were versions of the article that had to be sent to kipchoge's camp to kind of for approval <laughs> i'm not i'm not exactly sure i mean it just seems like very much in order but we just saw the photo of him that we were describing earlier with a 2300 uh uh, uh what am i looking robe robe which is yeah. you know got the got the plaid style there on top of his Nike stuff. And the, the sunglasses, they really do look like they're out of the first scene of a, of a bond movie. Like he took those mm-hmm. from, from Daniel Craig. I mean, those are, those are just top notch. We, now when we
1: imagine Iliad Kipchoge, like our first image is, uh, hi, you know, him running, him bounding along, running a sub two our marathon When Kenanisa Bekele thinks of Iliad Kipchoge in his mind, even before this photo shoot, he thinks of that photo that we just saw. He said, this is the diabolical genius who's stealing my world record that I want, that it belongs to me. That's what he's thinking.
0: Yeah. In unrelated news, Bekele just switched over to Berlin. He's not running London this fall. So no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. No, you're right. (laughs) No, no, no. I I tried to make that sound very, really serious. You're right. Uh, He does, he thinks of, Bikale thinks of Kipchoge as an evil villain and Kipchoge just provided him the photography for that and said, come and get it. I'm in a $2,300 robe while you're out there trying to get in shape at 37 years old. Here I am, you know, not even worried about it. I just ran, uh, you know, 15 miles at 450 pace at 7,500 feet and I'm taking GQ shots. I mean, that's not something (laughs) anyone else in this sport... I mean, I understand Bolt's more appealing for the masses because he was a sprinter, but, like, on a cool factor, who is cooler at, at the peak of their powers? Who's more Ooh. of an icon? Was Is it Bolt or Kipchoge? Because you could, I mean, you could certainly argue that Kipcho, just just everything else equal, Kipchoge is better than Bolt ever was because he's healthier, because he dominates an event that's much harder to dominate. Because he broke a barrier that many people thought was well off, whereas the hundred didn't necessarily have that. Bar- I don't mean he ran nine fifty eight, which is ridiculous, but I don't think anyone was sitting there before he ran sub nine sixty and was saying, "Well, nine sixty is impossible. You know, you can't do it right now. It's going to take. It's going to take generations for that to happen." And so, is while this oversimplifies it, is kipchoge at the peak of his power is better than bolt ever was and not just because he's got a gq shoot but just because he <laughs> dominates in a trickier event i mean he's, is he also just more of a badass too it seems like it well that's a lot of questions
1: you threw a lot of questions there um right bolt reign was obviously super long for a sprinter. i mean no one yeah. did that no one won three straight 100 meter gold medals 08 12 right. 16 that's crazy um all your the points that you made about Kipchoge were absolutely correct in terms of how hard it is to dominate an event, and he's done it for. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are we going on now? What's the win streak? I always forget exactly what it is, um, but it's been.
0: It's, yeah, he last lost what in 2013. Yeah, is that, yeah, yeah.
1: So, so we're going on. So that level of dominance is pretty high. I would I would say, and this has been a constant theme of discussion. I, I would say right now it's still, it's still close, but I think one more year of Kipchoge and it becomes
0: much clearer that it is, and you, that it is Kipchoge. Do you have a reason for that? I mean, what, what exactly, because it would be at an Olympics and it'd be another Olympic title potentially and, and potential yeah. to maybe breaking a world record again. Like what exactly is it that would lead you to make that claim?
1: Are you saying, what does he need to do to, surpass bolt in this
0: non-existent like competition between a a sprinter and a marathoner
1: (laughs) just keep going just keep going he doesn't need anything special i mean as long as he just stays atop right because um yeah bolt 08 09 11 i mean 11 he lost one but it was the false start 12 yeah 13 15 16 and then didn't lose until 17 that's a that's an insane run for him yeah um the the hundred i mean hundred and marath- uh, the hundred and the marathon are both uh very popular events ha- everybody has a hundred meter runner though right in the world everybody has a hundred meter runner, not everybody has a a marathoner, so I guess from that perspective you could say oh, okay well it's it's harder to dominate the hundred just because of the sheer magnitude of human beings who are running a hundred meters um, yeah. it's without equal but but what has done because it's so difficult to master that event that's that's a strong point in his favor as well too so but but right now i'd say it's it's pretty close it's pretty close to on things now the coolness question which is a much more interesting question in my opinion who is cooler Mm -hmm. bolt or kipchoge i think i think kipchoge doesn't try as hard to be cool right which might make him cooler
0: yeah Oh, I mean absolutely I mean, you know what you're getting with Bolt. Like, you're gonna have probably more fun with Usain Bolt at a Berlin nightclub than maybe you would with Kipchoge, because I assume Kipchoge is like, well, you know, I've got to put in nineteen tomorrow at, at you know, starting at five oh five pace. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go to bed at eight and wake up and just absolutely destroy everyone in training. But at the same time, Kipchoge could be your therapist. He could be your best friend that gives you really good advice. He could probably sell you a house at like a pretty good interest level. Uh, he could, I don't know, probably be a dentist if he wanted to. I just, I feel like there's a lot of possibilities. He's so, he's so much more layered than I feel like Bolt would be. Mm-hmm. That, that In the long run, he's just like a more interesting guy. And you're right. The dude is just out there, like, he's not trying to be cool. And and GQ just shows up and just like, hey, here's some clothes. Can you mind putting them on? Sure. And like, just absolutely just, I saw those photos and I just want to scream because they're just outrageously cool. I mean, he is, he is so cool without trying and it's not, not even fair, you know?
1: Bolt's the band that you think is cool when you're a junior in high school and Kipchoge is the band that you tell everybody is cool your junior year of college. That's the difference between the two.
0: I, right? I mean, if Bolt is Green Day, then then
1: uh, I don't Kipchoge know, is Radiohead. Kipchoge,
0: yeah, they're they're definitely Kipchoge would definitely be Radiohead, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like you know, he's he's Tom York in a lot of senses, and uh, the thing you know, he's also somewhat and I don't blame Bolt either way and Bolt's done interviews still so he's available for interview but Kipchoge is somewhat approachable you know and he's I don't think a writer necessarily and I, I haven't read through this entire feature has necessarily captured fully captured the aura of Elliot Kipchoge yet and what exactly it yeah. is that makes him tick other than than greatness because you can kind of go a little too far with the he's kind of the the silent assassin he's pensive he's always up to something he's uh he's he teaches you something about yourself yeah you can kind of go too far with that um where bolt is just he's an open book seemingly you know you you you, you 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 understand that he's okay he did he never really liked training but he's this mega talent And, and he's coming for the championships and he has this ability where you show up on the start line and he's Michael Jordan. He's like, Oh, everyone's lost before they've even started. And that's obviously Kipchoge has that ability too, but Kipchoge is, uh, is more mysterious. And I don't think we've wholly figured out what it is about him that, that makes him so special. We all talk about his mind and obviously he's so physically gifted and trains better than anyone else. But there's there's layers of him that we haven't figured out yet of 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 the ability to push himself beyond what anyone else anyone else has that i think is still yet to be determined
1: well he's older too kipchoge is so he had he had this whole career before he became a a marathoner and he had time to to work on that and maybe he had uh, he had a lot more exposure, whereas Bolt was a star from from the get go, and getting all this attention mm-hmm. from the get go was the world's fastest man when he was in his early twenties. So that that probably factors in as well too. I've read, I haven't interviewed either person, but I've read the profiles about both of them, and there's never the introspection that the athlete makes the reporter feel. In the bolt stuff like there is the kipchoge stuff mm-hmm. the kipchoge stuff it's mm-hmm. almost uh it's it's the it's all the beats now right that's what anybody who writes anything about him and i'm sure i would fall into the same trap if given the opportunity kipchoge call me i know you follow me on twitter uh to do like they w- we would write all these things about how i went there to learn about him but he taught me more about myself mm-hmm. i don't think yeah. i don't think you got that about i don't think you, i don't think you got that from bolt which is Fine. I mean, everybody's their own their own person, and I'm sure a lot yeah. of people would be like, "Hey, um, Bolt is more more my jam." But yeah, you see these photos, and and it's just uh, again another another chapter in the Kipchoge book. Can you put them up one more time, Alana? I, I want to see if there's any other ones on that uh, on that spread. And and I also wanted to see something that was missing. Let's keep scrolling down here. If we can't, man, look at him just stare right at your soul, Lincoln. Again, no smiling
0: photogenic to another level I mean that's impressive also those those like those purple slippers I haven't seen this photo that's currently up so he is in like an absolutely ridiculous suit with like sheen pants that are like purple <laughs> and orange with like a burnt orange uh undershirt that I means just incredible yeah. I yeah. mean he, he I don't mean to like just like treat him like a deity but the guy is like basically a model level of of understanding the camera he's as good as a mar- of, of, of a marathoner as he is a or he's as good of a, a a subject for the camera as he is a marathoner The guy's incredible
1: he can wear a suit he can wear a suit let's keep going here let's see if there's anything else okay that's sort of plan. he's wearing a red jacket over the nike stuff again again I'm noticing the shoes here. Nothing Alpha Fly related. Here he is with his legs mm-hmm. crossed standing up in front of the gate with the red jacket on again. Uh great photography here too. Another bathrobe one, but it's a bathrobe with lapels. I mean, again, I can't. Pull I may that off. have
0: to order this. I may have to order this magazine just to have this for <laughs> Oh, there he is with the shoes. This is incredible. So there one of them is. has the okay. shoes. One of them has the so shoes. He's in like a I cream mean, a cream colored uh suit here. With maybe some, it's not. It's not the alpha Flies, but it's just like looks like the newest pair of Nike trainers.
1: Yeah, yeah, but he looks like your dorky science teacher in in those materials, but he is not. Like the out. No, because that's probably that. a
0: fifteen thousand dollars suit that he's wearing. I mean, I don't know and that, $15, but 15000
1: dollars shoes too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, how I much, wanted to. How see much money this... do you think Kipchoge is worth? How how rich is Kipchoge? Oh, he's in the. Is he, is he's he above like 10 million? Is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Here's the I mean, picture. He might, give, he might,
1: he might give away a lot of his money. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So here's the picture I was talking about earlier. He's got his feet kicked up. He looks like he's wearing leather. Uh, he, he's light Brown leather pants. He's got just an incredible polo on that's got multicolored design across the chest uh, featuring maroon, orange, yellow, teal, uh, sunglasses that are just absolutely incredible. He looks like, I mean, basically looks like a bookie at a at a at a uh, horse racing place, but he's not. He's Elliot Kipchoge. He's the world's greatest marathoner. <laughs> that's well, the Tony successful. Montana photo I was talking about. kind of he kind of looks like yeah. Tony Montana. The, like something that that's what he would wear. He
1: looks like there's a there's a a safe in the back of wherever he works, right? And we don't yes. know what's in the safe, but he yeah, knows yeah, what's yeah, in yeah, the yeah. safe. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Well, yeah, there's there's one more there, but uh, well done, GQ. Well done, Iliad Kipchoge. Yeah, I got to read uh, the profile.
0: Britney- I've only read bits and pieces. I've got to get through it today. Is it long? Oh, I don't know. I just didn't, I, I wasn't have time, ta- you know, didn't have time yesterday between my activities of cleaning my house and writing a very important Britney Spears piece of journalism. So uh, I just didn't have time yesterday. I didn't get to it, but looking forward to reading it today.
1: Yeah, uh, your Britney Spears article was uh, interesting. You investigate similar level of journalism.
0: Journal- <laughs> yeah, similar journalistic feat there. 5.97
1: uh, 9, 5. in the in the hundred. Mm-hmm. So she she ran her first good, five. Good.
0: She ran her first five, Kevin.
1: <laughs> I remember where I was uh, when I ran my first five. Uh, yeah. People could check that out. I mean, if they liked your treadmill article, I think they'll like your Britney Spears article. You're really mm-hmm. going. F- you're
0: really layering on the comedy now. It's impressive. I mean, what else is there to do besides avoid going outside and uh, and then and then be try to be funny? I mean, I my my only highlight of that article, the best part, was when I said that Britney Spears runs roughly as fast as a tiger does when it sees Joe's Joe Exotic coming. As long as I got that line in yesterday, that yesterday was going to be a good day for me. And once I level. found out that Tigers roughly can run 40 miles per hour and, and running at five point nine seven hundred is like 37 miles per hour, i said, said, ah, that, that joke that joke works. So my theory, if people haven't read the article is <laughs> that she ran a, a 40 meter dash and confused it the two kind of most famous sprint distances, one for the kind of the NFL combine, and then the other obviously the 100 meter dash, the most famous distance in track and field. A lot of people like yourself saying, I don't think she could run a hundred or excuse me, in a, in a 40 in, in 5.97 seconds. Put it, put it into perspective, that would make her a little over just a half second slower than Tom Brady ran the 40 in his pre draft combine back in uh, whatever it was, 2000. So she'd have to be mm-hmm. pretty dang quick. I mean, a sub 640 is, is not messing around for a non athlete. That said, she mm-hmm. seems like she's in decent shape. She f- puts photos on her Instagram of her, you know, get having a personal trainer and I could see her starting out really slow. She said she started out at nine and then went to six and seven and eight and then got down <laughs> Let to me five, stop you 5.97. <laughs>
1: Let me stop you there. That's where the whole thing falls apart. I started off at a nine. No, she was never running oh. a nine second 40. That's very slow. Nine seconds okay. and 40.
0: Well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, what, what, what do you, but other people are hypothesizing that she was running you know, 40 feet or a hundred feet, not a hundred feet, but I think a hundred feet. Yeah. hundred feet. feet.
1: Yeah. You're right. Yeah. 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 hundred well, feet. hundred
0: feet. How do you run a hundred feet? How many, how, how many yards is that? That's like 30 yards, 33 yards.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't you think okay. though, that that would make, I mean, listen, this was timed on her iPhone. So we weren't really yeah. using precise measurements here. right Right. we weren't yeah the the fully automatic timing crews were not out to to do this i think she eyeballed what someone told her was 100 feet but even then that doesn't make sense because there's no way she ran nine there's no way she ran nine seconds the first time in the 100 feet maybe she
0: ran on one leg and then somebody told her you got to run on two legs i i I have no idea yeah it doesn't doesn't maybe she was fibbing about how bad she started out you know some people like go that opposite way they don't brag about how good they are but they brag about like, I was so bad when I started, like I was, you know, it's like the classic Michael Jordan, like couldn't, couldn't make the varsity team or I, I, yeah. I started out and I, I couldn't, I couldn't put too, you know, I couldn't walk and chew gum and now I'm the best miler in the world. You know, maybe it's one of those types of situations. Um, yeah.
1: the Jordan one was great. Cause like, I believe that for a while. And then it was, I, I did, I got cut from the varsity team dot, dot, dot as a freshman.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Con- yeah. context I don't know I don't, th- this mystery is still open-ended I mean I've given my thoughts on it but you know I I just think it's it's relatable we all can remember when we ran our first five I, I don't know exactly <laughs> that's not a thing. Maybe, maybe I maybe maybe like a five-minute mile I, I don't know ran my first five I it just
1: I gotta I confess know. Lincoln I gotta confess okay. so this is killing me so
0: okay go for it
1: that's a britney spears reference i said i must confess that it's killing me that, that's oh all was.
0: That was, oh i missed that that one got over me i was trying see in my article i was trying to include as many song puns as i could and i i yeah. didn't know all the songs i mean you're too young you're you got the basics. Well, you know, her first album came out when I was nine. So, I mean, it was relatively formative for me. I remember the, I remember some of the music videos and, uh, and everything. So, I mean, you know, she had a decent impact on my childhood. And, and I remember, you know, her breakdown year in 2007, when everyone made the jokes, like if Britney can survive 2007, then we can make it through anything. And th- those jokes have kind of started to reappear in 2020 yeah. as we're all, homebound right now but anyways yeah it was interesting it was some good entertainment uh provided from some fodder for us track people uh when britney spears will never forget the time britney spears claimed to have run a 597 100 meter dash pretty incredible
1: that well i like that you wrote it down and you made an article of it so that way we when we get on the other side of this and all of our memories completely and <laughs> <laughs> all bad it wasn't all bad we have a five point nine yeah, seven hundred.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean I, I I think you could spin that the alternate way and say this is how desperate things were is that we were writing about Britney Spears and I was having to use Photoshop, which if anyone looked at that picture of me cropping out a, a Britney Spears shot from a music video and putting it onto da- Daphne Shipper's body and whiting out the shippers part of her of her uh, bib and writing spears on it that was that was a low point especially how long that took considering how poorly the the edit came out but you know that was the only person i could think of to put on i was like well who what 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 sprinter am i going to use So daphne shippers was that victim so i'm sorry to daphne shippers if she had to recognize her own physique on the top of the britney spears head or below bernie spears head so apologize for that if, if she was offended
1: I I thought the Photoshop work was well done. I can't do that. Mm. So you're 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 building new skills during this <laughs> during this time of exactly. quarantine. Yeah. So props yep. Props to you for um yeah, yeah, I just it, it's one of those things that just opens up more it's like one uh, it's a very good track story cuz it it just opens up more questions, right? Like I there's like mm-hmm. so many follow-ups. That I have for this thing uh, that I'll that will probably never get answered to unless she comes on the podcast. Brittany sent us an email flow at gmail.com. Uh, we have plenty of open slots every day. Yeah. Uh, we will welcome you on the show to talk about um, running your first five
0: So exciting I mean she started mm-hmm. at look what started from the bottom she just she was starting at nine seconds for some distance and and then she she got down to 597. Hand time, yeah. which I mean, I would like to see her get, you know, a fully automatic just to see. I mean, who knows? It could be even faster. We, we don't yeah. know how fast Britney Spears is. She needs to come out with a video well, what- of her sprinting so we can have a better idea if, if it was a 40 meter dash, if it was a 100 foot dash, uh, or if she truly lowered the 100 meter world record by three, you know, more than three and a half seconds. <laughs>
1: what if she is that fast out. and we just don't have video
0: evidence? Just, just I mean, time. like, I think we would say like the world would have to end at that point because she would have she would have just destroyed what everything of track and field like because we'd be talking yeah. about you know at that point we'd be talking about sub fourteen second two hundreds uh, you know <laughs> if she had that endurance uh, I mean Christian she'd be running she'd be running sixties in three seconds uh, you know so it's oh, if it went all the way to 400 i mean she'd be easily in the uh the the sub 6 sub 14 sub 30 club you know that's a pretty illustrious club there so anyways a group
1: of one yeah yeah then she tried to she tried to clarify it though and it didn't make any more sense she just said yeah oh i got it wrong and usain bolt is the he has the world record and it's 9.58 but she never said what what she was. was running I mean, she deleted
0: or... she deleted the initial post and that post it's like why you don't understand you can't get away you can get away with that stuff in, in the pop star world you can't get away with that in the track world especially when there's no track she picked yeah. both the best time and the worst time to come up with some random stat that made no sense and <laughs> basically just opened her up to thousands of questions it, you know what is she training for what's the purpose of her running her first five is she trying to run her first four next? Like if she dropped a post today where, where it said, ran my first four, like I think we'd have to take flow track and like crumple it up and throw it in the trash can. Like we, there's nothing – it's over. Like we can't – track and field is, is over as a sport if she runs her first four.
1: Leave Brittany alone is all I'm going to say. Yeah.
0: Yes. Let her, let, her run her,
1: let, let her run her first five in peace. Lincoln, yeah, you're just je- you're just jealous because you haven't run your first five yet. It's a rite of passage. I, I don't want to say
0: it on this podcast as a family show, but I, I I would know her catchphrase if she was a track star. It'd be "It's Brittany," so that would be uh that would be her catchphrase that's her, there, and be, that's her not catchphrase, a catchphrase period, now. But
1: yeah, it is, would it but be different.
0: It'd, it'd just be it'd be better. It'd be better as a track athlete. That's all I'm
1: saying. Well, she in that post where she tried to clarify.
0: Uh, She ended it
1: with hashtag work. So that's cool. That's a good oh, idea, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think.
0: You're right. Okay. She did. I'm going
1: to, when we, if we ever get back in the office, I'm going to use that with you at least three or four times a day. Like, not at you, not good. to you. I'm not going to, I'm going to just, in general, I'm going to be like, hey, let's, you know, let's work. Work. Yeah. Work. Take Lincoln, you straight, work.
0: Let's take you straight yeah. to HR there. Um <laughs> Dude, you sent me a rundown of other stuff to talk about did we have anything else did we is there no actual we, we, there? no a lot of that
1: stuff I sent you was fake and you should not read it into a microphone um, uh, let's see yeah no we, we got it. NCAA eligibility Joe exotic we got it all
0: uh, we uh, we did you guys talk about new Olympic dates I assume you did yesterday on the pod yes. Yeah. Yeah, got, got to that. They're the same as they would have been, basically the same as they would have been this year. Uh, yeah, we we got a lot it's, out it's, of that.
1: We did that just, after Joe Exotic.
0: It's it's funny how starved we are for information because like yesterday's big news breaking dates. Here yeah, are the days it. of which things will happen.
1: So here's what's left to be here's what's left to be decided, right? We need a trials date for twenty twenty one. We need a NCAA date and an NCAA location for 2021. We need a confirmation that Worlds in Eugene has been moved to 2022. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And we need to know the fate of the rest of the track schedule this year officially. Those are the things that we need to know past that don't know what else because everything's either been canceled and rescheduled or you know, postponed to a a date TBD. And it's not essential that we know it right now.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it was maybe in a statement yesterday. I don't know. There's so many statements at all times and so many shows on Mm -hmm. Netflix that I'm, that make me ignore everything, every, every press release. But I think Eugene, you know, the LOC there said, obviously they're open to going to 2022. It's not like, they're like, nope, we're standing. (laughs) We're holding strong to 2021 and athletes will have to choose the Olympics or the world. No, I mean like they're, they're obviously open to moving to 2022 that, that we, we don't know the dates, but we can assume it'll be July, August of, of
1: 2022. Yeah. Well, as, uh, as we mentioned yesterday in the podcast po- portion that you did not listen to, i.e. most mm-hmm. of it, it's a, the, the Olympics is the the big kid in the class. They can dictate when the schedule is yeah. okay. World championships. You want to try to do it at the same time. Good luck. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah,
0: no one there. Yeah.
1: I don't think that they, they, they don't want to, the Olympics, I don't think want to go out of their way and piss off all these different sports federations, but they're also like, okay, we're moving to get a year, basically at the same time you guys figure out how you're going to make that work. Right. Because, the the things that they're concerned about the Olympics are not conflicting with the world cup, not conflicting with premier league soccer or high level soccer or high level team sports in, in other countries. They're not concerned about conflicts with the swimming championships or the track and field championships because the apex of those sports is the Olympics. So they're going to be, they're going to have to figure out based on what the Olympics decided to do. And luckily it's, just one year in the exact same spot. One year later in the exact same spot.
0: Yeah, I heard the people the Olympics consulted was was FIFA and then Zion Williamson. That's all they asked. They said, "Zion, you're going to be busy in the summer of 2021." <laughs> uh, and he said, "No, I'm good. I'll play in the Olympics." Okay, good. We're we're good to go. And then yeah. and then just ask yeah. FIFA. Uh, that was that was it. They didn't even consult track and field. They just were like, "This is when it's going to be, guys." Zion holds more power than you do
1: he's 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 like i'll have more time to work on my gate so i'll be ready to roll.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> i'll be i'll be lumbering into tokyo it'll be awesome um mm-hmm. all right well that's it for the show flow track podcast at gmail.com flow at gmail.com remember you can find the show the video of the show on FlowTrack, but also you can mm-hmm. listen to the audio version apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, stitcher soundcloud etc Tomorrow will be a Lincoln and Gordon show. And I do not know oh. what you guys are going to talk about because you can't do Joe exotic three days in a row. And that's, well, you might need to come up with like a list. Are those tigers in the picture behind you, by the way?
0: Uh, no, the, yeah, it kind of looks like it. No, those are uh, the rocks of a coastline.
1: Okay. My, Ooh. my connection's not that great. No, no, not that one. Yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah. That one.
0: Yeah. 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 It's, it's my, a, see the blue is the water and then the, it's a coastline.
1: Okay, now I see it. Everything is tigers. Everything I look at now is a tiger. I walk down the street right. when I get outside, and they're like, "Sir, that's a Rottweiler." And I'm like, "No, nah, it's probably a tiger that I can buy for $2,000. I'm on $2, my I'm so. on my
0: bed. I'm on my bed right now. Look at my wife. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think that's cheetah. Shout out- but it's all tacky. It's all it's all tacky. So anyways.
1: shout out to shout out to all the cool cats and kittens out there before yeah. we leave. <laughs> Uh, thanks to Alon for producing. Thanks to Elliot Kipchoge for that great photo shoot. And thanks to you, Lincoln. Yep. We'll talk to you guys next time.
0: Sounds good.